0: Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogen Cura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. My guest today is Neil Halley. Neil is an ex-professional wrestler uh, who is now working at the radio station and at the same time, is, he owns uh, a digital marketing and tutoring service company. Uh, we will talk about uh, not only his uh, very particular story, but also about his business model, also um, the type of uh, the type of customers that uh, that he is uh, trying to serve, the business model that is pretty particular that he has, because it is uh, more uh, tailored uh, services that are provided rather than uh, uh, systematized or productized uh, services. Uh, and we will also talk about uh, his vision about uh, teamwork and uh, time management and the future of business with regards to uh, the coronavirus or COVID-19 period that we are living in. Because at the time of, uh, of recording, we are in March uh, 2020. But uh, right now, let's listen to Neil Halley on the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Today, my guest is Neil Halley. Neil, how are
1: you? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's uh, trying times that we're in, and very, uh, we're kind of just wondering where we need to go next. But I'm always happy to talk to people. And in the industry I've been in for 10 years in radio, I like to be interviewed sometimes, right? I interview so many people, but I never get the chance to be a guest. So when I get this opportunity, whenever I have time, I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm excited to talk to your audience.
0: Um, yes, I'm very excited to to uh, provide you with this opportunity, and uh, excited to have you as a guest because you have a lot of interesting content to uh, to provide uh, to the audience. But let's just start by uh, having uh, a bit of your uh, of your career story. Uh, as you said, you're in the radio business, but you also do other things. Yeah, it's kind of I I don't know where you can
1: take my story. My story is crazy. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, like, meaning I don't know how much you Googled on me and different things. So just to kind of give you, let's just go my education background to where I am today. Well, mm-hmm. so basically, you know, um, I uh, played, uh, so I, I graduated, I have an, a master's degree, but I have an undergrad at LaRoche College. It's out in Pittsburgh and a master's degree at Duquesne University, which is in Pittsburgh. But during that journey of going from an undergrad in history to a master's in education, which led me to be a teacher, it was a strange journey. So about two to three years in, uh, I went played one year college basketball, at a school called Western Maryland, which is out in McDaniel college. And, uh, when I played at, Mc, at, at Western Maryland, uh, you know, one year and I'm ready, I want to transfer back, go back to LaRoche. So I go to LaRoche to go play basketball. Well, they just became a division three college basketball program. I was a division three out in Maryland went, Hey, wouldn't it be great to have a division three school in my backyard? There wasn't a division three school in my backyard. You know, and so I decided I'm going to go play there. They're building a gym. And during that time period, I was discovered to become a professional wrestler. I'm a legitimate six foot 10. And Mm. then I was a skinny 215 pounds. But somebody said, man, you might be uh, the person that we should consider. You know, you look like you have a possible look at that time. So I was discovered. And from there, I went on and continued my undergrad while going to become a professional wrestler. Gave up trying to play college basketball. Put on a lot of weight. Uh, at one point, I was at 310 pounds, but my frame—that's still not big enough for you know probably WWE style. I mean, I probably need to be 360 or something, but I didn't. Uh, you know, so I basically went through uh, the process in that conversation uh, in wrestling, and I loved it. I loved performing. I was a very shy kid growing up, very shy, big guy, but when I got into professional wrestling. I just said, man, this is fun. This is something where, you know what, to get to perform, take bumps, it becomes a drug for you in so many ways. And that's why these guys, you see them and they never want to give up because the audience gives you that that thing, the whole story of how we tell a story in the ring. Mm -hmm. So I went through that process and during my undergrad, dropped out of La Roche, went on to uh, down South to wrestle uh, in Tennessee, Missouri, and also uh, Arkansas and on a local television shows. They ran shows six nights a week, and I learned the craft. During that time period, I ran into people like The Rock, The Headbangers, uh, The Rock before it was The Rock, wrestled uh, Jerry the King Lawler many times. I don't know if you're a fan of, of professional wrestling. The old school guys I definitely was around them, and that kind of taught me a lot about brands. Yeah. What made something special? And whenever I write my book about how to build a brand, I look at wrestling. What that makes people interested to spend their money? The old days. Now it's about, well, anyone could be a professional wrestler. But when I was around, are you seven feet tall? Are you 500 pounds? Are you built awesome? Are you a good looking guy? Are you, do you look like a character? That people just normally don't see walking down the street that yeah. differentiates you from the average everyday person. I could still walk around, you know, and show up at a wrestling event and they'd say, oh, Man, this guy's a sideshow. Even though my height and, you know, I'm probably 270 or 280. It just varies, maybe worse now with the coronavirus being stuck in the house. But ultimately, I went through that process of uh of, of learning the brand through professional wrestling. So I was a professional wrestler, uh, wrestled down South, went, hunt, went back and decided just to work the minor leagues. What I learned my craft every weekend, went back, had a job, went back through my undergrad, got my undergrad and I was still wrestling and I had a job and the job really stunk. It was customer service to, for mortgage to get credit, like it's a credit bureau for mortgage companies, customer service, mm-hmm. pretty dead end job for having an undergrad. Right. what what
0: time uh, in which year are we approximately
1: oh that's a great thing okay so you're dating me making me old but I'm, I'm, four, I'm 47 now uh, so I'm looking at specifically enough uh, when uh, it was probably 1996 1997 we're talking yeah. uh, around 96 97 working at the credit bureau in Columbus and I which was in Pittsburgh uh, CBC it's no longer around so I was doing that and wrestling on the weekends because I didn't want to take on, I mean, I had an undergrad in history. I had a good grade point average, but I didn't want to give up anything that would keep me from not wrestling, right? Working weekends, grinding like many many successful business people at work. I had my dream of wrestling. So I found the most dead end job or a job that's professional, but yet I could go out and do my craft on the weekends because that's what I truly love. Yeah. So I went ahead and uh, w- had a great tour out in Bremen, Germany, worked there for 10 nights. Uh, and that's when I said, I'm done. I'm getting ready to get married. I'm going to, I'm just going to retire early. So I retired mm-hmm. in 99. So I was not very old at that point. If you look at, if I was born in 73, 99, it's only 26 years old. 26 years so early. I, so, so I walked away 26, 27 years old, uh, which is probably good for me, but I walked away to become a teacher. During that time and before that time, I did uh, produce and host a wrestling talk show, TV and radio. So I learned about the industry in the entertainment world years before, not knowing I would get back to that space again. And again, if I would talk about podcasting and radio, it makes me money, but it's truly my passion. It's truly something where it really, I work hard for not what I'm worth.
0: So if, if we take a, uh, thanks very much for the, for the answer. I think it provides a, a good ground for the rest of the, of the discussion because uh, one thing that is coming back is the fact that you stuck with doing what you love. Uh, yes. And you you uh, understood or you started to understand branding through wrestling. And within wrestling, uh, around wrestling, you learn different skills. Uh, and those skills you are using in your activities today. So what type of activities do you do today? And a um, oh, great
1: great 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 point. That's a very good uh, point uh, through that process of becoming a going into going back to getting a teaching degree and Through teaching I went on so you have to pretty much tell the whole story, but I'll kind of go quick through it so I taught X amount of years and uh, Someone came to me said you should do a po- You should do a podcast on a college radio station about education well, I thought, okay, it'll promote my tutoring business because I expanded when I was a teacher as an entrepreneurial mindset and said, hey, I'm going to make money as a tutor. And I had tutors that worked for me and I was trying to expand a tutoring business at that point in time. If you look, if I look at my all my entrepreneurial mindsets, something has always der- derailed me that's out of my control. But I've learned so much from it. And mm-hmm. the coronavirus is another one that's yeah. a derail. Uh, the train's coming, we're getting ready. And it really, it, you have to have, all the lines, everything to align at the right point and right time if you study these unbelievable entrepreneurs, meaning it was one opportunity and they jumped on it. So, okay. So I'm going back through, you know, through that process and teaching. Then I started uh, working in PR a little bit on the side. Well, I quit, I quit teaching and was a full-time entrepreneur for nine, 10 years. But I learned when I was working for somebody else, the PR game and expanded to doing social media for clients doing certain things and i got my own clients not not just, not just tutoring and that expanded to a point where i've had people that work for me different things but what we do in my digital marketing company is we do everything but ultimately we specialize in looking at the overall brand creating a nobody into somebody cool. business yeah. And so like, so basically what I'm saying is a nobody into somebody, they mm-hmm. have no followers on social media. They have no presence SEO wise. They don't have uh, they're not doing radio shows or interviews or getting themselves out there and they don't really know their mission and vision. And that's what I do is teach people that I look at their brands and say, yeah, you're posting on social media. Yeah. You're doing this. But you have no followers. You don't have, you have no uh, social cred. And if you don't have that, that credibility, you're not, people are not going to differentiate you from somebody else. Like I talked about in the earlier in the interview, we talked about wrestling and how wrestling equates, uh, to now nowadays, right? You're talking rest the days when I was a professional wrestler, that you had to be differentiate yourself to make money in the business or be considered one of the best. Well, the same thing comes to when you're trying to be an entrepreneur. You need an entrepreneur or you're a brand. You need to differentiate yourself from the competition. What makes you special? What makes you different? And lots of people say, I'm going to go and sell a book, but they don't have any followers on social media. They don't have any followers on Twitter. They don't have any followers on Instagram. Their website is static. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't understand what they're promoting. And what I do is create an audience, create image, create all these things. That are needed. Did you know if somebody wanted to publish you, you need to have like twenty to thirty thousand Twitter followers, thirty thousand Instagram followers. You need to be able to have an audience for a publisher to publish you. So yes. really, people don't understand. Yes, it doesn't equate to sales, but ultimately, without the branding, you don't get sales.
0: Yeah, so and. The all, the, all those prerequisites that you have mentioned, like uh, having a certain tens of thousands of followers on Twitter or on Instagram, uh, etc. So, so uh, is it the target market that uh, that you have, or could you also have uh, companies coming to you telling you, okay, you know what, I am a, a small niche, uh, entrepreneur and I, or we are just a small niche organization and we just want to be big in our neighborhood or we just want to be big in our, uh, in our city. And, uh, it's just, that's
1: market. a great point. That's a, that's a great point. Like, for example, I have a co- company uh, called Surf pro of Southern Butler County, Surf pro, one of the small ones. We have more followers on our Twitter, uh, than the Surf pro does the corporate Surf pro. So. Uh, but ultimately it's all about, if you talk a business versus a brand, the business makes the mistake that they don't create blog posts. They do not engage in social media consistently. Mm -hmm. They do not, uh, get themselves out there with media coverage. They miss everything. They go to trade shows and say, well, that's all I needed to do. I do an event or I did one post on LinkedIn. And they think that's enough when they don't understand that people, what consumers look at a brand and how it interacts, not just their website, but all of their social media, all of their marketing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, people Google the names of the businesses or the name of the, of the, the, the business owners or the CXO person over there. So that, that's normal. That's very uh, uh, important what you, uh, what you mentioned. And uh, indeed in the audience, uh, a lot of people are professional experts at what they do. Uh, they may have one white paper uh, published somewhere but uh, they don't necessarily put themselves uh, out there consistently. So um, with, your, uh, with your digital uh, marketing business and your uh, branding, uh, branding services, uh, is there a specific kind of methodology? Sorry, maybe my question is very corporate, but <laughs> is there some kind of methodology that you put in place in order to uh, uh, get uh, your clients to uh, improve their branding?
1: See, that's a great point. I think I'm different than everyone else in the fact that there are niche services to build followers, but they're not real followers. They're people from, they're not targeted followers. We build targeted followers on Twitter and Instagram. We create consistent content five days a week. One of the things I found out in my years of doing this is there are customers that want social media management and website management and no one consistently can do it for them or they charge too much, or they don't do it right, or they don't do it consistently, or they have it in-house. So what we do is we build that following, that engagement, and we also manage things. Now, we can do Facebook advertising, and we're successful at that. But that's really not our client right now. And I would say, well, why is that? Because ultimately, when we you spend on Facebook ads, it's like gambling. And if you don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to spend, and you won't want to make a lot of money and be willing to stay the course. Don't advertise. Advertising's for the big boys, even though it's less money than television. So I'm really not going after that client. I'm really looking for the the client that is just drowning in the water. And you'd say, why is that? Because so many people, the sharks go, and I'm not a shark. The sharks go, and they grab these people and promise them the moon, stars, and the sun. And then after they spend all this money, they're nothing afterwards. Yeah, I want to create a long-term relationship with my client that they don't have to worry about social media management. They don't have to worry about website management, right? They don't have to worry about those two things, and they don't have to worry. And, and we build their brand and all that stuff. If you want, we can, we can provide all those other services. Right. But ultimately we want a client that comes in for a long-term period, not three to six months that really is going to, we're going to tailor a plan. An interesting point. Uh, I took a course and it's a really good course and they told us to niche things or what they call it niche. Uh, and and it's a great guy. Uh, uh, Eric Yang does the, the, uh, the virtual summit. I'm promoting him and I like the guy. He's a great, I purchased his product. We're going through and it's not expensive. And I'm going through the virtual summit. Uh, They give it free for seven days. And then you go back through and you can go through and listen to all these great entrepreneurs. But one of the things I would say to them, if the whole word niche, let's make it niche. Let's only focus on one vertical market. I guess I niched in a different way. And they'd say, "Well, that's not going to make you millions and millions of dollars." Oh, contraire! At this point in time, we're going to find that right niche company that is drowning, but yet can make lots of money. And we found them. We have a company we work with, Pratter, and we're now adding inside sales uh, to our resume. We're taking companies now and saying, "Yeah, we'll do these things, but we'll do inside sales. We'll do some marketing." And we can even do some outside sales for you. And Mm -hmm. that's a lot of my consulting at this point because I'm successful at sales. Uh, The one thing is you get me on a call. You know, some people only close 10 to 20% of the time, right? I close, when I get on a call, I close between 50 to 75% of the time or even more because ultimately I'm going to find out what that person needs. And the way I tutor, where I tailor a program for somebody, I believe in tailoring something else. I love learning new industries, I don't know. Is that a problem? And maybe I could easily just pick a niche audience and learn it backwards and forwards and go with it. We never know what can happen, especially with the coronavirus. No. If we would have chosen an industry and we said that's our niche, we could be sitting here tomorrow with no money at all yeah. and say, "What am I going to do?" Not, like the financial services, that are, I don't think they're doing great right now. Right, you and can. if. It, uh, go yeah.
0: ahead. Yeah, I, f- I think it's a great segue what you say with the, the coronavirus situation. So at the time of recording, we are in uh, mid-March 2020, and uh, uh, the whole world is affected by uh, by that pandemic right now, and uh, it impacts business. So what you just said about the, the fact that you do and you're comfortable with tailoring your services instead of uh, standardizing uh, them for uh, for everybody uh, i think it's yeah how, how can you how can it be uh, an advantage a competitive advantage in a, in a crisis right and i'm trying to grow an agency
1: and i see that i'm going to have to do more and outsource more and then something like this happened but i'm just being honest to people we're going to get there right and we make these kind of things but we're strategically figuring it out what's not fair is There are a lot of companies that have a lot of payroll, but a lot of that money honestly is not their money at all. They could have this $10 million agency, but they could have investors and it's really not their money at all. So images, so I want at the end of the day to say my clients love me, but I love to figure out and I'm continually learning to find out how I could hit the marketplace like Facebook advertising was 3 or 4 years ago but catch it at the right point in time and fire it up but I honestly believe it's inside sales and my team needs to get more involved in their marketing and sales department of companies or brands instead of just doing one thing that's why we diversified our company and we're looking at areas where the bottom line we want to make money for our clients and have them quit wasting time and doing things they can't do well.
0: Yeah, 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 perfect. Um, and uh, going going on a, a bit deeper on uh, on that subject. Um, you're not the one doing everything in the company. You have a That's
1: correct. I have I have a couple of virtual assistants. I'm looking to expand even more. I'm looking to even bring some white labeling services. And we have a team, but we had, but we it varies during the seasons but ultimately a goal of mine is have like three full-time virtual assistants and really scale this. I made a mistake to always be the man at times. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that anymore because I've expanded it to a certain point. And the problem is finding the right people. But I think the lesson learned is you got to look at what your skill set is, what it's really worth and should you be doing it? And if you are doing it, it was interesting. I was watching another thing from that virtual that pub, that virtual summit and I love it. I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong. Uh, the, the virtual agency summit with Eric Yang. Uh, he was interviewing uh, one of the entrepreneurs, really great guy. And this guy's talking about what level you are, where you're at. Uh, the level I'm at right now is I'm looking, I'm no longer saying I don't have enough time. I don't have enough people. And that's where I'm at. Before it was I didn't have enough time. So, and I needed people to tell me this and I'm a green entrepreneur in the fact that I was teaching for X amount of years and I've been doing this maybe 10 years. Yeah. About 10, about 10 years, 15, if you call tutoring, but really learning business, we not going to taking any business courses at all. And that's the one thing we have to learn as entrepreneurs. We're going to lose certain things, but guess what? If you are a great salesperson, sales makes money. If you're not good sales and you run your own business, you need to go hire a great salesperson. Yeah. And that's where I want to train people is how do we treat people when we sell them? How do we sell those services to people? And I want to know the insides and outs of your business and find out, Hey, I got them to the website. Why didn't they convert? Could it be the, why the website wasn't built? Well, could it be your message? Do Mm -hmm. really people want that? Or do they want to meet with you face to face? Or on a or 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 have to have that one-to-one. And mm-hmm. that even comes to the point with a book. Do we need to have a lead magnet? So we are understanding and learning these things. And our goal is to find the very best people to do those things. But as I told you, what I've been targeting is an area that is mismanaged, which means no one's managing websites, no one's managing social media. And if that ends up becoming my niche with that sales part of it. Who knows? We just don't know. Like I said, I have deals right now working with companies. If they end up blowing up, I will have money to fund my business big time and put the right things in place. But we as entrepreneurs, and this is the bottom line, thinking business to business, the coronavirus. Here's my uh, one point. I'm going to tell you when I woke up saying, oh my gosh, what just happened? Let me give you my coronavirus story. I'm sitting here, I do work full-time, full disclosure, for a company called Lensec and Inside Sales. So that's why I have virtual assistants and that's why it's a night and weekend business. But I created it, it used to be all day. And I learned how to work with the right customers that just, we do it for you. We don't need to coach you. We'll get on coaching calls and talk to you. But we are a full service. A lot of times they train people to say, do it yourself. And my clients don't have the time to do it. And most people don't. So hire somebody to do it is what we do. But I was sitting here, Vegas, uh, ISC West, because I work for a company called Lensec, which is a video management software. I run their marketing now, too. I'm an in inside sales. But they saw how good I am. And I, I'm not marketing. I run their social media. Most of their social media and provide lots of consulting for them and different things. They get a, they get a value add with them, right? Mm-hmm. And I, a bunch of other value adds as well. But I've learned so much by working for a company when I never worked for a company. I've learned the ins and outs of how operations of a business should be run yeah. and how it should, how we should make changes and yeah. how we operate a business from all those things. But when I heard it canceled, then all the chaos went came to the United States where, oh, my gosh, we're not going to have businesses open anymore. Oh, my gosh, everyone stay home, not work. I looked at myself and looked at all my clients and say, are they going to suffer from this? And the honest the God truth is most of them are going to keep getting paid. They're not going to lose their jobs or they work for themselves and they're going to weather the storm and be able to pay me every month. A yeah. lot of people sitting here today cannot say that, but I also said this is going to be a time where I can't prospect and grow like I should as an entrepreneur. What am I gonna do? And I said, I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn like crazy. I'm gonna take tons of courses. I'm gonna learn new things to become better, tailoring a program for clients. And when the whatever industry is ready to blow up, I will be here ready to go. If it's healthcare, I'm ready to go. If it's uh, we don't know what industry it's gonna be, I'm going to be there to find that company. And say, hey, let's go. Let's work together. I have these expertise levels. I see you don't. Let's work together and figure out something. Yeah. And that's what that, that's what we have to do as business selling to businesses right now. We have to have empathy for that business owner. But ultimately, we have to know that we have to weather the storm. If it's three months, if it's six months, if it's a year, it's two years. Right. This is a time where we don't close up shop. It's a time to learn and become better at what we do, organize ourselves, develop better operations, and be ready to go full force when it happens.
0: So, yeah, totally agree. And, and, and how does does your um, experience uh, and skills in uh, both sales and uh, branding, um, how, how will that help you weather the storm? Uh, oh,
1: it's, it's so important. Social media.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, social media. You've got to continue to listen to podcasts. You have to listen to digital marketing. If you're in this industry like myself, or if you're a business, you have to listen to podcasts. You have to see Facebook is a great place to jump on. The personal one's awesome to jump on. There's no advertisers on there anymore. They disappeared. They're gone. Zuckerberg's getting killed right now. If you go on your newsfeed today, compared to two weeks ago, where I had seven digital marketing courses, I was pitched seven ones to learn online, all these different things. If you go through your newsfeed today, there's nothing. What is that telling you? My engagement on my Facebook stories has gone up 20 to 30%. Uh, The, the people and discussions and everything and getting to see the right people on your newsfeed are there. So this is a great time to get involved in social media. Mm -hmm. I don't recommend you prospecting people Mm -hmm. unless you find people that are not suffering through this storm. And that the problem is it's very hard to identify that and maybe having a conversation like, Hey man, I'm really going through some hard times and creating a relationship today and not sell them and then identify what they need or bring other sales reps on for you that, are talking to those people in the industry. They're not sales reps. They're more like referral people that you pay 20% for the lifetime of that client and they'll go out and sell for you. And then they're bringing them into the funnel and you'll know you can sell to them. I don't recommend some of the crap I'm seeing now where especially in the education industry, because guess what, my tutoring, I still tutor. I still do SAT, but I'm completely online now. I tutor a bunch of kids in Ohio. Uh, and I'm trying to get my Pennsylvania people to say, go digital right now, but I'm slowly but surely going to expand that business again, but I'm not going to say, Hey, you know, all the kids are home now I can help you. I'm the expert. People don't want to see that provide value. And I've learned that from courses. I rather give people value in these groups and podcasting in these education groups Mm -hmm. and later the relationship starts, yeah. provide value. Don't sell, build a relationship because once that storms over you set up that call to talk to that person. Yeah, but if you, yeah, those you your, and so that's the business to business tip I give today, get on social media, socially interact with people, create relationships, build your platform, build awesome content telling your story your brand story but don't sell
0: Yeah. so so um this, this, um, this is our, these are amazing uh, amazing advice and uh for sure providing value during these uh, uh stormy times uh will put uh, business to business service provider in a, in a great position for uh, selling later uh we have spoken a lot about uh sales uh branding Marketing uh, your digital uh, uh, marketing business as well. Uh, there is one thing that you mentioned, and I think it is also important for for the audience. So you do have three virtual assistants uh, working full time with you. Yes, and I have I have just uh, two questions uh, related to that. So one is uh, how did you. Uh, vet and, and train those assistants in the operation of, uh, uh, that you have? And uh, how do you ensure uh, their, uh, their, your retention of, uh, of those uh, assistants? That's,
1: great. That's a great thing. And I've had other people have worked for me and then the storm weather and I had to let them go. But here's the biggest mistake I made before that I'm not making a second time when I decided to bring virtual assistants on again or workers. It depends. Just all depends. I call them virtual assistants, but they could be whatever they are. They're not coming into an office or virtual out there. Uh, what I've learned, and I've even tried to outsource overseas, and it's worked. It's worked really well. But ultimately, it's all about cash flow. When you're going to bring people on, you have to be at a point where you can't do anything anymore. You talk about you don't have any time anymore. And then when you hire them, you don't think it's to free you up to have free time. I'm sorry to tell you this, Or you might as well close your doors tomorrow. And I made that mistake years ago. I had five people working for me, six people working for me. And guess what? It was just so I had more time. Did did I use that time to go out and sell? I didn't. Now, whatever I'm investing in, I better have, no, I can't worry about that right now. And I'm hoping to weather the storm and we have to make those decisions again. But I don't think I have to worry because I got five new referrals in the pipeline right now. And hopefully I close three of them and then that will at least break even for what i'm paying for right now cuz i don't have any time. So if you don't have any time, you know, if you let those people go today, you wouldn't have half hours in the day to do it, then you got to keep them, right? But ultimately you got to look at what you're investing in your in your everything that's an expense and say how can i double that? Not 10 times that next month. Cuz that's a real that's not setting out bar very high, but it puts you in a focus that you got to go out and do sales. The mistake people make is they hire people just so they have more time but they're not using it to grow a
0: business yeah exactly great uh great great point uh, about uh time the time is not uh just something that you, you you don't get more time you actually can leverage more time as an entrepreneur so that's a that's a great point so uh yeah it was a it was a great episode uh and uh, we learned a lot uh neil uh you are uh, very active, you have done a lot. <laughs> you went from uh, uh, studying history, being a professional wrestler, and now you're <laughs> a uh, full time worker doing digital marketing, having a tutoring business, and uh, pretty excellent. And the audience can
1: nationally syndicated radio show host, celebrity interviews. Uh, we don't own the internet radio yeah. station. We could talk, we got 15 topics with me, but that's okay. I'm, I'm fine with this. We're talking to B2B. But I could talk about anything and you're able to keep me to a certain point. That's great. You're really understanding the time. And I hope yeah. everyone gets value out of this. And the, yeah. as I said before, don't give up. Don't close your doors what you're as an entrepreneur, regardless of what you're doing. Don't but you it. need to move it online. That's the bottom line. It's got to go online.
0: And basically, basically, I will, I, will, I was about uh, to ask you, and maybe that's that's what's your answer. But uh, I was about to ask you the last question of the of the show. Is uh, uh, because it's consulting lifestyle, and you do consult other businesses. Uh, for you, what does consulting lifestyle mean?
1: Consulting lifestyle means ultimately being able to put your um, self into that business. When you're working with a business, you don't understand the ins and outs of that business and understand the industry, what their pain points are, and really uh, understand their difficulties and challenges. Mm -hmm. You can't have success with them. If, If you think one size fits all, it doesn't. And you really have to understand that business owner or author or celebrity and understand why they're doing it and be as passionate about their businesses, you are for them. So meaning you have to have as much passion as that business owner has, or entrepreneur has, or celebrity has of what they do. And then you're going to create a great relationship. A lot of consulting means, in my opinion, it means a relationship marketing. You really have to develop a relationship. If you're not a relationship person in consulting, you might as well give up, right? You really have to build a relationship, and you 're not a relationship builder, go ahead, get some money, and have somebody else be your relationship marketer. but if you 're a relationship person you 're going to have great success regardless of what storm's
0: happening yeah, and I, I totally agree uh, also try to build my business based on relationships so uh, Neil, uh, that was a great uh, great episode. Uh, we have a lot of value. Uh, we got a lot of value with the audience. I would be very happy to have another episode with you, maybe uh, a bit after uh, the, the the whole coronavirus and its consequences. Uh, I yes,
1: it's- I, I would. Uh, a prediction on this? Uh, the prediction is we're going to do things differently after this is over. Yeah. And and ultimately, if we're not willing to learn and be flexible and change what we do, we're going to fall. It's almost like you know when the steel industry in Pittsburgh stop being the steel industry and you had to get trained in something else if you didn't decide to switch over you would end up unemployed but if you decide to make changes and learn new things and become totally digital that's the only way you can do things
0: yeah totally agree totally agree so thanks very much neil and uh we will discuss again uh a few months from now (laughs) all right Thank you for listening to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes if you have enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host Diogène Tirandekoura.